Welcome to our study of Galatians chapter 3, where Paul has been arguing from the case of Abraham that justification is through faith apart from the works of the law. And he argues that Abraham lived before the law and therefore could not have kept the law. And he further argues that the scriptures settle the matter, the scriptures referring to the Old Testament. Genesis 15:6 that Abraham believed God and that's what resulted in his righteousness he didn't work for God and we have seen that verses 14 through 17 are dealing with works but not good works that's important to notice you can't understand James 2 if you think he is talking about good works nowhere does he say good works here beginning with verse 14 he said If a man says he has faith and has not works, can that faith save him? We assume that he's talking about good works. Well, what kind of works might there be? Well, we ought to go to the context and let James explain what he means by that. And sure enough, he does explain it. When he begins with verse 20, he is going to give an illustration, or really two illustrations, of what he means by works. Now listen to verse 20. Do you want to be shown, you shallow man, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Good works? No, let's listen. When he offered his son Isaac upon the altar. Offering the son as a sacrifice, that's the kind of work he's talking about? Yes. And that was a test of his faith on whether he really believed God would through this son Isaac multiply his descendants like the stars of heaven. It seems strange that God wants him to sacrifice the very son that he gave him in order to give him any descendants. But again, it's a test. And he did have faith. And he showed his faith by willingly offering that son as a sacrifice, believing according to Hebrews 11, that God would raise him from the dead if he killed him as a sacrifice. But there are no good works here. Sacrificing Isaac wasn't a good work. It wasn't good for Abraham. It wasn't good for Isaac. And it wasn't good for Sarah. It was grievous. But it was a work. What kind of a work? I think we can call it a work of faith or a faith work. It's the kind of a work that proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that a man believed. Now, some of those New Testament martyrs in the first century had that kind of a work. They were willing to go into the dens and be torn apart by lions because they had faith that someday they'd be resurrected from the dead just as Jesus was, and they were willing to prove that they really believed that, so they allowed themselves to be killed That was a work of faith. That's the way James uses it. You and I don't use the word work that way. But what decides what a word means? The context. And the context of James chapter 2 is all about works of faith. Not works and faith, but works that stem from one's sincere faith. And so James continues... You see, in verse 22, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed 
by works. So his works in offering to sacrifice his son completed that faith that he had 30 years earlier in Genesis chapter 15 when God declared him righteous. It took 30 years for him to demonstrate his faith. When Paul in Romans and Galatians talks about Abraham's faith, he's talking about the beginning of that 30-year period. But James here is talking about the end of that 30-year period when Isaac was taken up to Mount Moriah to be sacrificed. And then James adds in verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now that's the verse that Paul has used in Galatians chapter 3. And by the way, if you've lost your way, we are studying the epistle of Paul to the Galatians. But because Paul makes such a case about Abraham and his faith, we needed to see what else the scripture said about Abraham and his faith. And so we have come here to James chapter 2 temporarily. Now, this is not the only illustration given here in James chapter 2. The illustration of Abraham defines what James means by works. And we have seen thus far that Abraham didn't do any good works, but he did a faith work when he offered his son. And in verse 24, James concludes, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Justified by what kind of works? By faith works. Not by good works or not by law works. You do have other kinds of works. But this is a faith work that he's talking about. And the illustration confirms that is the case. Now, in whose sight was he justified by works? Well, God justified him 30 years earlier before he took his son to Mount Moriah. Didn't God know what was in his heart? Didn't God know that he really believed? Yes, he did. But men did not know that. And so, when he writes in verse 24, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone, he is talking for the benefit of people. The people around Abraham didn't know that until they learned that he offered to take his son and sacrifice him. Then they too knew that he had faith and he was justified in their sight. God had already justified him, which means declared righteous by God. Then James brings up the second illustration of what James means by works. That comes in verse 25. And in the same way was not also Rahab the harlot justified by works? when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so faith apart from works is dead. Here is the second example from James of someone being justified by works before human eyes. And he's talking about Rahab the prostitute. This story is found in Joshua chapter 2 verses 1 through 15. Now, if we examine what her good works were, you could hardly expect to win an argument by claiming that a prostitute had good works and therefore she was justified. In the first place, she was a prostitute. 
We find that in verse 1 of Joshua chapter 2. In verse 3, we read about how the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that have come to you who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, True, man did come to me, but I did not know where they came from. And when the gate was to be closed at dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I don't know. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. Now, was she doing good works? No, she, first of all, did not honor her ruler. She didn't submit to him. She was guilty of treason by allowing some spies to escape and aiding and abetting them in that, giving them sanctuary. Then she lied about it. She deceived them and sent the men on their way to try to find them before they got away. This woman has no good works at all. And then in verse 12, we see that there is a conspiracy that she engaged in. She said to the spies, Swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign and save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And this is what she said she wanted done if she helped them to escape. It was a conspiracy. But this woman was totally selfish. Do you realize what she was doing? Betraying her own people, her own city, her neighbors, those who taught her, those who helped her. All during her lifetime, she was willing to abandon them all just to save her own neck and that of her families. Now, that is complete selfishness. It certainly is not a good work. Well, then, what does James possibly mean when he said, And in the same way was not also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? There weren't any good works there. No, the works weren't good works, nor were Abraham's works good works, but they were a demonstration of the faith that they had. Did Rahab, the harlot, have faith? Yes, she did. That's brought out in Joshua 2.9. She said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God is he who is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. That was a testimony that this prostitute gave the spies. And she gave a stronger testimony than many Bible teachers and preachers today. They don't believe in the miracle of the Red Sea. But she did. They don't believe that God performed this great miracle. But she did. She said, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. 
Many preachers are claiming it was just a wind that did that. And it was a natural event, but the Bible says it was the Lord who did it, and this prostitute believed it. Now, what was her faith work, or her work of faith? It was helping the spies escape, and trusting in the God of Israel, who was the God of those spies. And she was willing to risk her own neck, that they would keep their word because she believed in the God of Israel. This is a woman of faith. She had a faith work, and she proved it by lining up herself with those spies from the tribes of Israel. She cast her lot with them and with their God. She believed God and desired acceptance by the people of God. She's an example of a true believer in any age. First of all, she turned to God. She abandoned her former life. She trusted the word of the messengers. She was willing to forfeit her life for her new faith. And that would have happened if she were discovered. And her faith was a matter of life or death. And her future depended upon a red cord. Just like ours depends upon the red blood of Christ. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that she became an ancestor of Jesus our Savior. So James is not talking about law works or good works. He was concerned with faith works, and the Bible writers do not contradict one another. They all teach that salvation is by grace through faith. We thank you for joining us in our study today and hope you'll tune in again tomorrow. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.